Welcome to another episode of Sacred City Vision Drip. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting across the desk from our very own Melissa Corns. Uh, Melissa, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what we're going to talk about today. Sure. Um, well, I am the wife of Pastor Jesse. We've been married for 15 years now. They've been full of a lot of joy and a lot of refinement and the blessing of three children. We have Josiah Henry, who is nine, and Gentry George, who is six, and Leroy Jack is four. And we really enjoy having three really adventurous, courageous, and um, uh, yeah, very busy boys. Yeah. <laughs> I always joke and say that you can hear them before you see them. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Good. Well, today we're talking about uh, homeschooling. Yes. Um, and to kind of set this up, our church is relatively young. We are coming up on our seventh anniversary here at the beginning of January. And um, what tends to happen with young churches, young church plants, is that it draws a lot of young families. And uh, over the last five or six years, um, because really our oldest kids, my, my oldest kid is also nine, um, over the last five or six years, we have had increased thought and attention to the concept of education, um, and not just not just talking about education and what's bad, but actually what what will honor the Lord, what actually will go the furthest distance in shaping our kids um, as disciples of Jesus. And um, because we have a deep desire to see our children captivated by the gospel, um, to see them walk faithfully with the Lord all the days of their life, and to see them raised up to be men and women who can transform and shape our culture, um, we think that uh, education is a really important piece of, of that equation. And rather just than just going along with the flow of what's going on in the culture, and, and a lot of us, I'll admit, I would say most of us, at least of my generation, have been publicly public, public school educated. Um, and so it's not a reaction necessarily to a bad experience because I, I would say that my experience in public education was mostly positive. Um, but knowing that the, the cultural landscape has shifted, um, the public school that I grew up with is not at all what's standing today. Um, and so as, as families have sensed that, if, as families have faithfully studied the scriptures and taking passage like Deuteronomy 6, which gives us command to, to instruct our children and to bring them up and to teach them the way of the Lord. And then, and then of course, you go to Ephesians chapter 6, where um, parents, husbands um, are um, called to, to lead their families and then specifically um, to raise children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord or the padea, which is it's a, it's a word of, uh, it's a very complex word, actually, one that we don't have a, a very good English translation for, but it has to do with education, has to do with training, has to do with enculturation. And so as we look at those passages in scripture and look at um, what education options are available to us, um, a, a number of families at Sacred City have sought out alternatives to public, edu edu uh, public school education that would actually complement what they're trying to do at home and in training and discipling uh, kids. And so, um, and, and you can refer back to previous podcasts as, as we kind of unpack some of these options and, and discuss the pros and cons of, of various uh, approaches to this. Um, 
my wife and I, we've, we've made the decision to make significant sacrifices uh, and give our kids a, a classical Christian education. There's a, a, thankfully, there's a classical Christian school here in town, but not everybody has access to that. Not everybody has the resources to do something like that. And so to explore other ways uh, to be faithful to these verses like Deuteronomy 6 and Ephesians 6 uh, on how to carry it out. And, and one of, I think one of the most attractive options for a lot of families is homeschooling. Um, and uh, the reason I've got Mel here is, is because she has been slogging away, homeschooling <laughs> her three busy boys, um, very involved in a um, classical conversation. So that's a kind of like a co-op of sorts, and we'll talk more about that. Um, but one of the things that has spurred on this conversation is Mel, Mel has been feeling a lot of questions from um, families that are coming up, their kids are coming about school age of what it actually looks like to go through with homeschooling. And so um, I know Mel is very happy to have conversations like that. But today to put something out um, in front of you, to put out, to consider some of these these different avenues, um, we want to do this. And, and maybe this would be a resource to you and helping you kind of navigate which route you and your family want to take. And so I'm glad to have Mel on here. Um, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Well, um, we, uh, like I mentioned, there are many different options for um, alternative education, specific alternative Christian education um, than what the public school offers. Can you share just a little bit about how you guys landed on uh, homeschooling? Sure. Um, you know, we we never actually set out to be a homeschooling family early on. Um, it just wasn't something on our radar. Um, I think that we always wanted our kids to grow up with a Christian education, but that wasn't something we had really planned to do. Um, I think some of that stems from like where my heart was 10 years ago. Um, a little bit about, very little bit about my story. Um, 10 years ago, I had graduated with a master's degree in speech pathology. And I mean, Jesse and I were ready to hit the road and, and do some careers. You know, we were really ready for that. And what really fueled that for me was a desire for a career and an absolute fear of motherhood. Mm. Um, I didn't want kids. I, I didn't think motherhood would be fun. I thought it'd be super boring and frustrating. And most of all, I mean, what culture showed me was that it was going to keep the good life just out of reach. Mm. And so you know, I wanted nothing to do with that and foolishly started chasing after a career. And it, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think the Lord has something really glorious for us as women that we miss out on because we want to chase these other things that will not fulfill us the way the Lord's calling will. And so um, in that, you know, the Lord saw our plans and said, hey, actually, I have better ones for you. And so two months after I graduated, we found out we were expecting our first child. And the last 10, 10 years now have been really full of great refinement and just teaching me that there is much glory and good in, in the, the roles of a wife and a mother. And so I think one of the reasons we're able to homeschool is that the Lord has shown me the glory of motherhood. And, and I've really enjoyed learning that and I get to enjoy that every day. Yeah. And so that's a huge factor in it um, was my heart changing. Um, you mentioned earlier proximity. Uh, we don't live near a Christian school. Uh, the closest one's probably an hour from our house. So trying to do drop-offs and pickups and doing that multiple times a day isn't feasible. Right. So that's not an option. So, you know, as Josiah got a little older, we'd always been part of homeschool groups. We did one with some ladies at Sacred City in Davenport. 
And right around kindergarten, everyone kind of split and went different ways. And we were like, well, do we public school or homeschool or I don't know. And so we ended up um, continuing homeschooling. And um, I was about ready to throw in the towel at the end of that year because we were doing it alone. Mm. And we had not been part of classical conversations yet. And we ended up going to a classical conversations day, uh, visiting the community day. And I remember leaving and telling Jesse, this is what we need. Mm. This is it. And having the support of that community, having curriculum laid out, having all the things, a a Christian worldview being taught to those kids was so important. And it was everything that we needed and everything I needed to feel equipped to carry on in this immense task that was just felt very overwhelming before that. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I know that a lot of people end up in in these alternative Christian environments, um, whether proximity, um, you mentioned a desire for your kids to have a thoroughly Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important thing when you talk about Christian education. A lot of times, and, and I think that there are probably some schools that operate like this that have, that are basically uh, a public school curriculum minus a lot of the y- yucky stuff and then toss in a Bible class. And that's kind of, that's, that's their view of it's really segmented. And one of the things that uh, one of my convictions, and I think that's shared among uh, for sure our our elders and our elders families is to see, um, the, the glory of Christ permeate every aspect of our understanding of knowledge of wisdom. And so to have a a thoroughly Christian education really means like, how is it that, that, how do you bring Jesus into math? You know what I mean? And people sure. are like, well, you just pray before math class. And, <laughs> but, but really math works because of Jesus. Yes. If, if he's holding everything together and, and logic makes sense. And every time that we take these two numbers and put them together, this is going to be your answer. The reason that works is because Jesus. Um, and so helping our kids see not just that, but then through history, God's sovereignty throughout history, using sinful men and, and well, sinful men um, who have followed Christ to, slow down and stop wicked men who are bent on hell and destruction. Uh, you see things like that and you bring this worldview pieces. Um, and then another big piece of, of Christian education is the cultivation of virtue mm-hmm. um, and students not just cramming their heads with information so they can pass a test and, and get those A's or the good grades, but understanding it really is a discipleship environment. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we're dealing with information. Yes, we're dealing with knowledge. But how does that knowledge shape us in, in virtue and in personhood? Um, and I think that's one thing that, um, especially with homeschooling, that you get a front row to because there's mm-hmm. all kinds of opportunities for um, for instruction. There's all kinds of opportunities for discipline uh, just because you're you're exposed to that. I mean, like with us, we send our kids off to, to school for eight hours a day and we our teachers are very good about giving us behavior. They're good at, at, at thinking about virtuous kids and forming virtuous kids, but we're kind of removed from that equation. With homeschool, you're there. You get to see the good, the great, <laughs> the hard, the the frustrating. It's all there. It's right yeah. right at your at your face. So talk talk a little bit about um, when you think of education and you think of of this aspect of of cultivating virtue. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like in the context of homeschooling? Sure. I mean, a lot of that. You know, when we're sitting right alongside our kids' desks, you know, especially as they're really young, you know, we get to see the ways that they're going to be, you know, putting their hand to the plow or ways that they're not, ways that they're going to come to the desk a little sluggardly on a Monday morning. Um, And since, 
you know, I'm their mom. And so as parents, we're just natural teachers to them. And we're able to, from day one, start teaching our kids all sorts of things. And so we just continue that natural process. But in that, you do get to see areas where they're sinning, where they're struggling. And so we then get to speak into that from the gospel, from the Bible, from what God would require of them and build up godly character within these young boys. Um, Sometimes that's a lot of like hand to plow work, you know, hey, we're called to do this. You're a man. Dad goes to work every day. Dad goes to work with headaches sometimes. So here's some Tylenol, here's some essential oil, some peppermint oil and uh-huh. a hot pack. And we're going to get back to our math work now. There you go. There's times they need rest. But, you know, being able to see where they need to grow and where they struggle and, and to not be duped into like, oh, well, they're just having a really hard day. Like, well, actually, there's sin there. And so let's call call that out. Let's deal with that. Let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Let's talk about what to put on. Let's receive some discipline for that. And let's go try again. Yeah. And encouraging them to walk in the ways of the Lord with their work, but also with one another. You know, I mean, there's lots of bicker fighting between three boys. Sure. <laughs> so there's a lot that. of teaching them how to rebuke one another, teaching them how to handle when people are saying things or doing things in a way that just aren't helpful or hurtful and, and being able to help them learn what it looks like to stand up in those moments and, and walk in the way of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, and then with Christian education, there's a couple other expected elements that, you know, if you're going to have a Christian education, you'd expect there to be Bible presence. So Mm -hmm. obviously Bible memorization is big, Um, catechism, prayer, right? All of these things that that we're we're injecting. It's not just a a piece that happens at the front of the day, but it's really infused throughout the whole Mm -hmm. whole day of learning um, where we're relying on these things. Now, I want to touch on this real quick before we move on. Um, I think one of the misconceptions about Christian education is that, oh, well, you're just trying to, you're just trying to, uh, hedge your kids off from the world. You're trying to pull them away and keep them out from the yucky, dark stuff of the world, um, to the point where they're just so innocent. And and when you get ready to graduate them or send them out and to have their own families, that they're going to be totally caught off guard. Mm -hmm. And, and I know that, um, especially in classical education, um, be it in a school or a homeschool setting, um, there is, there is an idea of exposing kids at a rate they can absorb. So, Mm -hmm. um, especially, once you get up into the upper grades, um, you start to see them interacting with alternate worldviews. And mm-hmm. and so it's not this, oh, we don't want to expose them to bad things. We, we want to be mindful of what we expose them to and not allow them to get indoctrinated. We want to first give them the tools that they need to be able to assess what is good and true and beautiful and have mm-hmm. God's standard and have, have a good working f- framework for that to then look at other other worldviews, secularism, uh, whatever it might be, um, other world religions, and then to be able to kind of dissect those from a Christian view. So it's not to keep them away from that stuff that mm-hmm. we disagree with. It's to expose them to things at a rate that they can absorb without being bombarded and sort of swept away into the the empty ideologies that the Apostle Paul tells us to be on guard with. So there's a lot of stuff that, that in, a, in, in other school systems that a lot of times the, the hydrant is turned on full blast. Mm-hmm. And, and we do want to, as Christian parents, we do want to monitor that to some degree, but not to the point where they're totally um, in the dark about what's out there in the world. Absolutely. It helps them learn to think critically too. You know, even with Josiah, who's nine, you know, we talk about 
some of the hot topic things that are going on in our world today, and he's not blind or oblivious to them. And so even just having him learn how to think about it from what the Bible says and sparking those conversations of what does God's word say about this? What does God's word say about how we should treat women or how we should handle this situation? And then having them answer those questions and navigating it through to teach them, this is what it looks like to think critically through like taking the Bible and putting it up and then letting you know that be our filter yeah. for what we're seeing or what we're hearing or what we're experiencing. I think it's important that they start learning how to do that early on Yes, because they'll be faced with those things early on. Yeah. And, and that's something that, that I see in our kids too, our older two, especially that when we watch a movie or mm-hmm. are sort of um, consuming some kind of content, th- somebody's worldview is always at work. Um, and, and a lot of times if it's coming out of Hollywood, it's not a Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to identify, well, how did that that character interact with their parents? Is that something that glorified God or was it not? And then what needs to be done, right? Mm-hmm. And so there are things like, yeah, of course, we we want to we give our kids an incredible foundation of the scriptures so that way whatever they come up against in life, they'll be prepared and mm-hmm. they'll be equipped and to have a bit of a mind of an apologist to, to dissect some of those things. So that's kind of like maybe from a 30,000-foot view of talking about um, what the draw to this alternative Christian education. Now, what I want to to highlight, especially with homeschooling, it affords you an incredible opportunity um, to be oriented to the family. Like mm-hmm. I said, other school learnings, there's a lot of different models out there. There's the the university model now that's maybe a couple days a week. Um, kids are going to school for full day and, and they're still away from the house, but then a lot of school work is done at home. That's that's one model that that's at work. You have your traditional sort of send kids off to the school five days a week um, and they do their learning within a certain, you know, they've got a geographical locale where that all happens. But with homeschooling, it's at home. It's right there. And there's a family, a natural family orientation to it. Um, you want to talk a little bit about like what it's like to have the home as basically, it's like the center of your universe, really, mm-hmm. right? For, for your family. Yes. Um, what's it like um, having the home as the center for learning? Hmm, that's a really good question. Uh, well, when I think about that, I think about one, uh, the ways that we get to have just great togetherness. Um, there's a lot of time that we spend together. Um, that includes my boys together, me with them, my husband with them, um, extended family with them. And so there's just a lot of joy because where we learn is where we work is where we play is where we worship is where we do all those things. And so there's never like this disjointedness between like what we're doing. Um, and even in the small things of life, you know, being able to educate them as we go, there's a lot that we're talking about throughout our day. Um, I think, Hmm. Well, let me real quick here, as, as you're thinking, because you mentioned this, you, you have, you're involved, your husband's involved, yeah. and I do know that even grandma gets involved. Yes, Grandma okay. Carol. Yeah. So talk about that. I mean, like, because right there you have three generations of, of people, of the family, that are working together in, in this educational endeavor. Like, what are some of the rhythms that I, I guess with you... It's not just you doing mm-hmm. homeschooling, though you're you're the homemaker, you're the one at home, you're the one that's primarily driving the educational endeavors. But we can talk about how 
how Jesse is involved mm-hmm. in that. And then what's it look like to even have grandma involved? Yeah. Uh, great grandma, Carol, she lives across the street from us. And so the kids, we get up and do our regular like morning routine of Bible reading and things like that. And we uh, are in James right now. And then we move on to our morning school time, which includes reading. And so what lightens my load and is supremely hopeful is that the kids walk over right across the street to grandma and they read to her for their reading time. And that allows me a little more time one-on-one with the other kids, but it also gives them time with someone that has lived a long and full and hard, but wonderful life. Mm. Um, They get to see a woman who is incredibly content and loves the Lord. And so there's great joy there. Um, Gentry actually brought over his catechism book the other day and was reading the catechism to her. Mm-hmm. And then she said, can I keep this for a couple of days so I can finish reading it? Oh, cool. <laughs> Which was so cool. And so, of course, we let her keep it. Um, yeah, family is definitely involved. And I mean, I do the primary, like, the primary work of the education part. Um, but Jesse's very involved with academics. Uh, there's countless ways he's involved in that, you know, whether it's texting him a picture of the work the kids did or them showing work and him memorizing things with them, timeline song, you'll wake up with that in your head in mm-hmm. the middle of the night. But even more than that, um, Jesse's really involved with the kids with their character growth. So, you know, they, these boys spend all day with mom and mom is a woman. I know the definition of a woman and that is what I am. Um, And I'm feminine and I lean deeply into the roles of like a wife and a homemaker. But those aren't the roles that my boys are called to fulfill. And so they're, they're training under a woman and right now, you know, they're going to become like the one who's teaching them. And so they, that's in what scripture is that? It's a proverb. It is a proverb. The student becomes like his teacher. Yeah, I can't. Um, and, And in that, you know, I want my boys to become strong men. And so Jesse takes a very active role in that. Um, he, he makes sure that he has a lot of quality time with the boys working hard. Um, so that means that half of their day on Tuesday, they spend with dad at the ranch. That's where they are right now. They are moving a deer stand and putting up some new fence and learning how to drive machines and all the things, you know, things I can't teach them. But in that, they're learning what it looks like to have dominion over something, to go out of the home and take responsibility. That's animals right now, feeding them, keeping the ranch running. They're learning how to um, also provide for their family. You know, my boys come home and I might cook up a chicken from our ranch and I set that thing on the table and say, hey, thanks for bringing this to the table because you were the boys who butchered this thing. You raised it, you fed it, you butchered it, and now I'm setting it on our table and you're providing for our family. Yeah, And so... I mean, my husband has a huge role in, in having them with him often so they grow up to be mighty men of valor who have their eyes set out, who are ready to take responsibility and lead their homes. But they also have a mom behind them that's saying, yes, go try and do that. Go do that courageous thing. Mm-hmm. Not being scared of it. I trust my husband with them. Um, and then always praising the ways that they're becoming young men and enjoying that and loving that and, and just giving them great praise and honor for that because they need that. Yeah, that's well said. The there, there's another piece. So just in homeschooling, your teacher to student ratio <laughs> is very lucrative, right? You go to you go to any school and even Christian schools, you're talking one teacher to twenty some kids, maybe mm-hmm. like twenty six. And so with homeschooling, there there's a great opportunity uh, to have 
one-on-one time, being able to focus specifically on on each individual child's needs of because they all kids. I, I mean, even if you contrast my two oldest boys, they learn so differently. They're mm-hmm. wired differently. God made them differently, and and some things come really easier for my oldest, and some things come easier for. Uh, my second. And so, um, with homeschool, there, there really is this an advantage of, of tailored learning, mm-hmm. um, and being able to address some of those things. Um, uh, another couple of things that, that are, are also oftentimes in the equation with, um, homeschooling, what's sort of, uh, drawing to homeschooling is flexibility. Um, the ability, a lot of times you don't need a full eight hours of a day to educate what you need to do. Like mm-hmm. you don't need the full eight hours. And so there is a great deal of opportunity depending on how you break it up and how organized you are. I think there, there's some element of um, mom or dad being kind of good organizers and planners of what, what we're going to tackle this week. Depending on how you set up your schedule, there, there certainly is a lot of flexibility, even when it comes around, like it's the holiday time now. And so when are you going to do your schoolwork and when can you have downtime and just be with family and enjoy the holidays? Flexibility and cost. That oftentimes is another um, thing I, I think every educational endeavor requires some kind of a cost, mm-hmm. um, but homeschool is one that certainly is oftentimes cost effective. Um, I mean, by the time you factor in curriculum and and if you're involved in a co-op, there there certainly is some benefit to that as well. So I think there are a lot of great reasons why people um, like the idea of homeschooling. There certainly are a lot of good positive draws to it. Um, I think one thing that I hear. Or may I don't know if it's articulated. I don't, I think it might be one of those things that people think, but it might be thought of as too offensive to actually say out loud. <laughs> is that they tend to think homeschool education has lower standards than conventional education. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, oh yeah, the, the the bar gets lowered and it's easier to jump across. And in my experience, uh, I don't think that's true based on a lot of the stuff that we've just covered, talking about ver- cultivating virtue um, and seeing education, just, just how it, 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 it doesn't fit in a box. Like it doesn't just fit in this block of time. Um, and I know even though you guys, your time, your drive up from Alito to the Quad Cities on Sunday mornings, oftentimes you're listening to, to your, your catechism CC, song or yep, your or, memory work, catechisms, Spanish CD, all the things. Yeah. And so it's like the, <laughs> there is this like education bleeding outside of that designated area that, that the learning is just more, it's more sat your, your life is more saturated, mm-hmm. um, with learning. I think one that, that equips children, uh, really well. The, the more they're exposed to something, the better they, they can grab a hold of it. Um, but that also a lot of times because there's such a greater, so much more exposure, it actually it produces like kids who come out of that environment, mm-hmm. like really well off. They're, they're ready to go. They're ready to go to higher levels of, of learning. They're ready to enter the workforce. Do you have any thoughts on that? Like, do you, do you, have you heard that at all? Or is that? I used to think that, I mean, one of the reasons why I kind of was like, oh, homeschool wouldn't be great. It's just the lesser than option. Like, it's just less than. Like, I don't have an education degree. I can help my kids with a frontal lisp and things like that, but I can't help them with math, <laughs> you know, sure. and things like that. Like, how can I help them learn these things? Yeah. I don't have the expertise. And I think there's a couple things that changed my mind on that. Um, one, Jesse encouraging me to say, you can totally do this, you know, especially when we found CC and the curriculum was all out there and it was ready to go. And I had a huge group of people around me and for me. 
and for my kids, like it was a no brainer. It was like, okay, yes. And I saw the curriculum, rigorous curriculum, bring it on. But I think there are still times that I struggle with that. I think we have to remember that most of all, like the work that's happening in our children is from the Lord. Anything that I do that is good is coming from him. Their education is not just about getting a bajillion dollar job. Like their education is is about discipling them to become godly men who love the Lord and walk in his ways and do mighty and glorious things for him. Some of those things might be really small things and some of those might be really big things, but the Lord is going to use them. And so because we are stepping out in faith and giving our children a thoroughly Christian education, I trust that the Lord is going to give them all that they need for their lives forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that respect, I think I don't feel that way anymore. Um, I've had a lot of people encourage me, people I really respect encourage me to do this. Um, not only our pastors telling us that homeschooling is a really great option, um, but even listening, Dr. Vodi Bakum has the podcast, um, whoever rules the schools, no, whoever controls the schools rules the world. Mm. It's on Canon Plus right now. And hearing him talking about homeschooling and the goodness of it and the ways that it can be used to be um, a really rigorous and wonderful way to educate our children greatly encouraged me. Yeah. And so I think in all of that and, and just trusting the Lord, like he's the one who's going to do the work. And as I'm called and faithfully doing what I can do, I know that he's going to honor all of that and bring good to them and glory for him. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, can you, let's maybe move down into more of the nuts and bolts of things of like sure. what a week looks like. Cause I think that's where a lot of people, the questions lie. Okay. Yeah. So most times if people, if, if Christian fa- parents have been thinking about this, they're kind of sold on the Christian worldview part. They're sold on the character development. They're sold on the discipleship aspects. There's family orientation, all of those things. Um, but then they're left wondering, okay, what does a week in a homeschool family actually look like? Um, can you give us some insight on what that looks like? Because I know every family is a little bit different. Absolutely. And there's different approaches. There's some that are, are very well organized, and there are some that are sort of just like, hey, we'll wake up and what we feel like doing today, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> And I think that can work for a little bit, but maybe not all the time. But just why don't you key us in a little bit on, on what that's like yeah. for the Corns family? Yeah. Well, being part of Classical Conversations, we start our week on Mondays with a community day. So our kids go and there's a social aspect to it, but it is very much academic oriented. Um, so we start our day with um, foundations. So they're there for three hours learning if you're familiar with the trivium, it's that grammar stage, the early on learning all these facts about different subjects. And then in the afternoon, uh, the older kids stick around for essentials where they're learning more about writing and grammar and doing some math, um, all sorts of things that they're tackling during their CC day. Um, the kids are taught by tutors. So I'm a tutor for the um, foundations. So I tutor the four to six year olds, which is probably the cutest grade, I think. <laughs> they're a lot of fun. And several of our Sacred City families have kids in my class and it's just a delight to have them there. Uh, we then come home from our community day and everything that we've covered, all of the curriculum that I need to tackle that week for them, we covered in school that day. They're taught by someone else, which is a real praise. I think our kids should have opportunities to be instructed by other people, different personalities, um, and and to know that the expectations mom and dad have are expectations other people are going to have of them too. I think it's helpful. Um, Good to learn from other people. 
And the rest of our week, uh, I tend to err more on the organized side of things. Uh, I'm not, I'm a little fly by the seat of my pants, but not a whole lot. (laughs) I think with three boys, you kind of have to be ready for anything. But for the most part, my boys really like structure and Mm. they're early risers. So we start early. I mean, Josiah's cracking by 630 in the morning. We're ready to go. We get his math and essentials done. And then he usually has second breakfast with his brothers. (laughs) 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 And they come down and we do our Bible time and we pray together. And then um, we do the catechism song. And then we move into our day. So I start with the other two boys, getting them ready. We do school kind of like morning school, afternoon school. And our morning school is math and reading, writing. And then they do what's called fast facts, fast facts. And they do all of their flashcards for like Latin, spelling, um, their grammar charts, things like that. Those they usually do in front of our cushy new fireplace. So that's a perk of homeschooling. Nice. Um, And then... We go to the Y. So I like to go work out. My kids need to get out of the house and burn some energy, especially in the winter. Mm-hmm. So we go to the Y and they go to the tech gym and Jack goes in the nursery right now. And then I get in a good workout, get to see some friends. And then we come back home, have some lunch and then finish up afternoon school, which is the afternoon is done a lot together, which I love about CC. Their curriculum can be done together with all three kids. And so we start with our CC memory work and then we move into Spanish, which is something new we started this year. And then we do piano lessons. And then I think that's it. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so our day usually wraps up. I mean, we take a good hour break for lunch, hour, hour and a half for the Y. And then we're kind of doing things in between. Sometimes that's, you know, um, doing chores around the house or something like that. But we're usually wrapped up somewhere between like 1, 1.30, the latest. And then the rest of the day, they can kind of play. And Josiah, as being the oldest, he is old enough now. And he goes out and works at the ranch in the afternoons every day. And he loves that. He works with his Papa Don. And he gets to work alongside him and learn how to do cool things. And he gets paid. So now he's learning how to manage money and tithe and save Mm. and spend and all those good things. Yeah. So... That's really cool. Yeah, it's cool to hear even Papa Don's involvement with some of the extracurriculars of, yes. of homeschooling. It's great. <laughs> That's great. Um, one thing that, and to that point, one time, or one thing that often comes to mind is with homeschooling is that it the bulk of work, it's primarily mom's endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and by, by nature, I think that's, that's mostly true as far as mom's the one at home. Mom's the one that's kind of making sure things are on, on pace and, and all that stuff. But we've already talked about Jesse's involvement, um, Papa Don, Grandma mm-hmm. Carol. Like there's clearly a lot of, of people who are there with you, CC and some mm-hmm. of the, the tutor's involvement. Um, how, how does like knowing or having those those extra people involved um, make something like homeschooling more tackable, tackleable. Is that tackle-able. a word? Tackle ha- more feasible. Sure. Um, well, I mean, one, it takes some of the workload off of me, and I appreciate that. It's sometimes it is hard to navigate having three children in the house and keeping up on math when there's a a Nerf gun war happening in the other room. You know, so trying to manage all of that, it's really helpful to have other people. Um, taking on some of that workload. I think it's important too. Um, our kids 
learn to honor those people who yeah. come before them and, and they really get to have great honor for the ways that they're teaching them. And they'll remember as they get older that these are people that invested in me mm-hmm. and that gives them vision for their future of what it looks like to invest in their families and their children's children. Um, and so having that generational view, I think is important for our children. Um, I think too, um, that our kids really enjoy learning from the men in our family. There are so many things that I don't know how to do and they do. And they just think it is the coolest thing and gives them so much pride and joy to go along and to be trusted with driving Papa Don's truck through the pasture so they can go back to the cows or working with Jimmy Childs and helping bale hay with him. And, you know, it's people that they really love and honor and respect who then give them responsibility speaks a lot to our boys and really bolsters up this like just great confidence for them. And they need that. They need that. And I think one of the things that homeschool affords the ability to, like we've talked about, well, I'm sure that if you were to have a girl in your family, that how you educate her would differ how than how you educate the Absolutely. Boys. Yeah. Absolutely. And so there is something, and, and that's something that in God's design, we're talking about God's creative, uh, what he's or, ordained creatively from the distinction of, of men and women and the telos of men, um, thinking of, of God gave Adam the mission to, to, to fill and subdue the earth. Um, and exercise dominion, and he gave Eve an orientation towards her husband to be a helpmate to that work. I think education has to be mindful of um, you can't do the same thing with boys that you would do with girls. Mm-hmm. There, there has to be some sort of a, a departure along the line at some point where you're thinking along the lines of raising young men mm-hmm. and raising young women. And, and that's something that, that, that has come up in our conversation already. But I do think that homeschool provides a great opportunity to, to have a more strategic approach to, um, to, to developing young, young boys to become young men and mm-hmm. embody masculinity. And the same thing for, for girls and embodying um, biblical and godly femininity, um, which I think is really an incredible. I think, I think the, the ability to be mindful of that is, is really a help, help um, in, in education. Um, Okay, we are we are coming up on the forty minute mark, and this is what I want to do because Mel is full of insight. We're going to we're going to stop and say part one, okay? Okay. And then we're going to resume this bad boy with part two. So come back, uh, j- jump back here next week for the next episode of Talking Homeschool with Mel Corns. <laughs>